Welcome to the Enriched Life Podcast. This is episode two, and this is Pastor Jordan Clark here. Uh, we are so excited to do our very first uh, Tuesday episode, which is called Life Talks. And just so you are reminded, we do two episodes a week, one on Tuesdays called Life Talks, and then one on Thursdays called Spiritual Walks and or Spiritual Walk. And it's a fun time. And uh, we have uh, Pastor Jacob Miller from Avonhurst Pentecostal Assembly, who is going to be with us today. So enjoy the podcast, enjoy the show, and please like and share. And you can find us on Spotify and on anchor.fm and enjoy the show. So I have uh, Pastor Jacob Miller from Avonhurst Pentecostal Assembly here, and uh, he is actually a new pastor here in Regina. He's the youth and young adults pastor here at Avonhurst, uh, and so or at Avonhurst, sorry. So welcome, Jacob. Thanks for having me, Jordan. And we just wanted to start this episode by you just sharing a little bit about yourself, like where you're from, who you are. So share us, share with us what you want to share. Yeah, well, like you mentioned, uh, I am new to Regina. Um, I was actually. BC boy, uh, ever since I was three months old, all the way till I moved here. Uh, I've been up north BC and uh, went to Bible college at Summit Pacific College in Abbotsford, British Columbia. So I was there for the last five years where I did four years of school, was a leader, I was uh, president of the student council, all that kind of stuff. And in my third year of college, got hired on as a youth pastor. Um, so right away, I was working in a community similar to where I'm working now here with Avonhurst. Uh, and graduated, went full-time for a year, uh, working at two separate campuses, working with youth, young adults, the church in general. Uh, amazing experience, loved it. Uh, met a gal who's from out here, who's phenomenal, and uh, was kind of a little part of how God was working to lead me here, but eventually got to know the church, got to know you, got to know Pastor Brad, who I work alongside, and uh, fell in love with Regina, um, which isn't maybe what everyone would say from <laughs> BC, but uh, God just placed on my heart that Regina is a place that I'm, I'm passionate about. Uh, and I've been here for under two months now, but uh, yeah, already we're seeing a, a lot of growth through the Church of Avonhurst. And it's really cool because I'm actually like, I'm pretty new to Regina too. I've only been here. This is my fourth year being in Regina. And I actually grew up, you know, I went to Summit for about a year and a half. I grew up in Ladner, BC, so on the coast there. And I love it in Saskatchewan. Like I've been here for, this is my, uh, I believe, 10th year now being in Saskatchewan. So I was in Saskatoon before and and uh, for those of you who are listening who are kind of new from campus and don't really know either of us, uh, I, I just have a huge heart for the city. And it's really cool to see the bridges we built, the partnerships we built, even on campus with the student union and all that stuff. So it's really going to be cool to see where you can take it within uh, the community around the church and all that stuff. Uh, we also wanted you to have, have you on today because we want to get students from the campus of UVAR connected to different leaders from around the city. So it's really cool that you can kind of just be with us today and share with us kind of your thoughts on our topic. Mm -hmm. So uh, the topic today, this episode, we will be learning the art of organizing and uh, basically not like physically, like not building cabinets or organizing in that sense. But uh, I do believe and I do know that there is an anxiety problem in our culture, mm -hmm. especially within the millennial age and even the Gen Zers, like uh, those younger than us. And there is a huge issue with uh, even balancing life, uh, 
especially as a student. And we were both students, you know, I have my theology degree, so do you. And so we, you know, we have our four-year degrees. So I think, it, I think I thought it was very valuable to have you on today to discuss all that. So uh, thank you for joining us. And I just want to start off by asking Jacob a few questions. He's going to lead with his answers and then we'll go from there. So Jacob, how do you personally look at each week and stay organized? Uh, what does that look like? Well, specifically through uh, actually starting part-time with uh, a church during my college time and even a little bit before that, interning with some different churches throughout uh, Lower Mainland BC and things like that. Uh, one thing actually kept being pushed into my life by the pastor that I worked with, and that is that I, I worked too hard, which is definitely one of the great things that you can put on your resume if it's true about yep. you. Um, and it was just the truth is that um, just the way I was raised, it was important to look busy. It was important to be doing well. It was mm. important to uh, be serving as much as you could, uh, whether for good reasons or bad. Like that was that was just the way I approached my work scenario. Uh, and so I had these voices always in my life communicating to me to understand the importance of rest, understand uh, your week and your weekends and the difference between the two. And so say the first thing is like I, 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 I've learned to first look at my week by understanding when is my time to work and when is it my time to put work away? When is it? So, so when you're doing that, like when are you doing that? Are you doing that? Like when does your week start? When does it end? Is it Sunday to Sunday? And like, what are you doing that on Friday, Saturday, like on a day off? Like, when are you sitting down and figuring that out? Yeah. So, uh, my week used to be, I was the guy who saw it as the work week, uh, as many people probably do like Monday through Friday and then a weekend of Saturday and Sunday. But the more I've jumped into ministry, uh, I've really started to look at Sunday as that first day of that week, because, uh, as part of what I do for a living is I, I attend church and help run activities within the church. Uh, and I would find myself in my old mentality when I was a teenager of thinking of Sunday as like that first day or think of it as last day of the week, church would be over and I just couldn't wait to get home, eat a big hefty meal and pass out behind mm -hmm. the couch kind of mm -hmm. scenario. Um, but now just like looking at it as the beginning of the week, it's actually changed the way I organize my life, organize that day, take advantage of that So it's like day. a thought, it's like a mentality, right? Yeah. Like you're just driving that instead of thinking, oh, this is the end. You're like, oh, this is like the new beginning this yeah. is what i and what can i do so it's actually a mentality switch that you're talking about right yeah and by doing so i definitely i took advantage of the days where i'm already i'm out i'm with people i i'm i'm doing what i do for a living again yeah. working in ministry uh and rather than allowing that to feel like a weekend where i should get away from the church i realized no this is a valuable place not just for uh for like the work situation but also valuable place to be connecting, building relationship, finding community. And so thinking about that as the beginning of my week started changing the way I worked and started helping me structure, okay, well, what is my work days? Because this might be different for students in different situations, yes. pursuing engineering or, or any structured job that's structured differently from ministry. But in ministry, there is a bit of a, a, a flexibility, you could say, with structure and a lot of ministry. So like when you talk about the flexibility, yeah. you're, are you talking about like your work schedule? Or are you talk, what are you yeah. talking about? Yeah, just like the flexibility of rather than a classic nine to five, okay. uh, very yeah. often you're working evening ministry positions or last minute, you, I've got a youth coming through the door that just says, I need to talk, I need to have lunch. Well, that changes the complete structure of your day. So when you're talking about how do we organize our lives, like ministry is a great way to have to learn that mm. uh, because you're, you're actively working in situations where I find my structures ever changing. And so uh, 
me being kind of a structured person naturally, it's been cool to stretch myself in that way. And and one of the first things was understanding that ministry is different from other jobs. Ministry requires an understanding of uh, of what is my work week and where where do I need to be finding rest? Because rest is so pivotally important. And so for that question about looking at my week, I found that the first thing was just separating the areas of rest from the areas of actual work so that I wasn't wasting the work time, but also I wasn't diminishing the rest time, thereby uh, negatively affecting when I would go back to work the next okay. week. Yeah. So I want to, I want to, uh, there's something you said earlier I want to go back to, but we'll do that after, because I think it's good to talk about the stigma of busyness, right? Because yeah. yeah. the, the, the title of this episode is busy life, unhappy life. Right. And I actually stand behind that title. Mm-hmm. I actually think that, uh, there is a stigma of busyness in our culture. I think people have to look a certain way on social media and even on the resumes. And I think there is a social pressure and a professional pressure, especially if you're in a competitive, uh, if you're in a competitive program at school or if you're competitive at your job, I think that can easily sneak in, but we'll get to that later. Um, I kind of wanted to build off exactly what you were just talking about. So you talked about not letting the things in your week blend into each other, right? So yeah. taking the time off as time off and making sure you're not working, making sure you're mm-hmm. fostering that time off and then having your work week. So what are some, what is something you do to not let the things, the two things interfere? Cause it's very easy. I mean, with phones and texting and like all access to everything these days, it, I think it's pretty hard to do that. So what are some like just practical things that you do to make sure that your day off is a day off. Yeah. Uh, well, for me, it's actually knowing what I'm doing. I, I find if I go into a work day without having a plan, knowing what I, I'll be doing that day, I'll find myself leaning towards th- this feeling of anxiety, this feeling of overwhelmed, this feeling of uh, uh, there's so much to do, like so many big picture things that I, I can't even focus on the little thing I could do right now. Mm-hmm. So this idea of cr- creating that structure and the same thing with the day off on a, as crazy as that might sound to some people, I'll actually write a list out of like, okay, hey, here's everything I need to do, do on my day off. So I start that by feeling productive enough so that when it comes to a time of just truly resting and setting mm-hmm. work aside in all forms. So you make a list. Yeah. Like yeah. you make a list for your days off and your work week. Yeah. So I, I primarily <laughs> start by looking at that week. Like I said, figuring out the structure between when are my days off versus when are the days that I really need to be on and working. Um, and, and then I step back from that and look like, okay, well, if this is my work week, whatever that is, Sunday through Friday, something like that. And I look at, well, what are the big picture things and what are the immediate issues? And so very often we find That's ourselves, awesome. we, we look at the big pictures, right? Yeah. We, we look at what is the next biggest thing. Exams are coming, but they're like a month away, as opposed to just saying, well, I have a paper due and it's due tomorrow. Why okay. do I focus on that? And okay. so early on, I learned that I'm a lot more at peace and maybe other students are different, but from my experience, I'm a lot more at peace when I, I see things structured just by the order that they're due, mm-hmm. that this task needs done today. Like in priority, right? Yeah, prior, like, this prior is tomorrow, this is, do. okay. Yeah, so I, I just be able to see all of that. And then for me, and, and you've probably heard teachers say this, like <laughs> you're going to learn it better when you've actually written it down, right? Yeah. And that's not just using a computer, that's not just typing. But uh, when I started doing this, uh, I actually started physically. I, I had a paper, I have pen, I use booklets, and I'd write down, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock, and just for each day actually break down the priorities that need done so that on those moments where I'm feeling anxious, feeling like there's too many big picture things coming down the road, there's too much going on, I know I can just 
center myself and focus on this next, the next immediate task that needs done. I love that. I love that you brought lists into it because yeah. I think lists are like the greatest, mm-hmm. like it's like the next thing to the Bible for me. It's yeah. like the greatest thing you can do to measure your week. And like my wife taught me how to do lists, right? Cause I, before I would never get anything done because I wouldn't know, like it's hard to know what you're getting done if you actually don't know what you're doing. So if you're measuring what you're doing, you can actually see the progress and you can see it's like going on a treadmill. If you go on a treadmill and you're not measuring the weight you're losing or how fast you're going, you're going to like, you're not going to want to go on the treadmill anymore because you're going to be like, what's the point? Right. But if you can see your incremental progress, if you can see how further you went uh, uh, today versus yesterday, or, you know, that's why I like climbing, right. Cause rock climb, like Google rock climbing, and you can't beat a wall and then the next week you can beat it. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it feels good. You, you know, you progressed. Right. So, so and I, I actually have never made a list on a day off. I think I love that. Like, I think that's <laughs> that, that for me, that kind of stresses me out a little bit. I don't know. Cause I like Everyone's on my, on my, on my days off, I'm just like, ah, oh, you know, I'm going to sleep until seven today. And I mean, I sleep in later, but my wife's going to listen to that and laugh, but yeah. you know, but it's like, it's and now we have a now we have a daughter so it's a little bit different but mm-hmm. i love that idea of just like because my wife's always making lists right so i love it uh so i want to go into your relationship with god because um and i want you to kind of talk about being a student when i ask you this because we're focusing on campus life right and i think a lot of students look at their everything they have to do right you get five classes six classes sometimes even more for that semester You get all your assignments, you have all your due dates, and it's like, whoa, this is stressful, right? Mm -hmm. And you feel like you have no time for anything else, right? I I would argue that if you actually took the time to organize your week, you would have more time than you think you do, right? I think we waste a lot of time with the anxiety, the worry, or even like the non-efficient work that we do. So regarding all that, what does your relationship with God look like? What did it look like when you were a student? And I know you were in a Bible college was a little bit different, Mm -hmm. but when you were a student, what did it look like versus what it looks like now? Has anything changed? And what does your weekly pattern look like with God? Yeah. Again, I I think it's the most important question really. And that's why we're here. Um, But I I like that you mentioned, I was at a Bible college as the same way you were at a Bible college. That is different, but uh, emphasize that most people I think would look at that as oh well then you were easily closer with God you were always being surrounded by it's almost a stigma right yeah Yeah. it's almost (laughs) an expectation but realistically I remember my time at college it might have been different for you but my time at college I went to Bible college surrounded by uh, twice a week different chapel times uh, as a community as well as increased you know importance of of prayer times or connections with people, accountability. Um, and even just the fact that our classes are really studying God. Yeah. You would think that that means every single day you're kind of pursuing this relationship with God. But the fact is, and, and many people might know this, maybe you're a pastor's kid who kind of grew up always at the church, are very often the kind of people who really aren't putting a lot of their personal time into the relationship with God because their exterior world, their, their outer world, is so much God time. So we almost kind of like use that as an excuse. And I found that for myself to be kind of true as I was at college was very often I would tell myself I'm very close with God because everything in my life is God related. But that doesn't mean I personally was pursuing. So like everything, like, would you say more like everything you're doing yeah. is God related? Like, exactly. hey, I'm doing this. I'm going to chapel twice because I have yeah. to. And I know at Summit, they were very strict on 
like compared to Horizon, because I went to Horizon in Saskatoon, uh, Horizon College and Seminary. Uh, and that's my shameless plug. But And so I we had chapel once a week. And it was like I was an off-campus student, so I don't know how regimented it was. But I know at Summit it was like very regimented when I was there. Um, so you almost feel like not forced, but... You know, you, you're like, oh, I can't miss this. And sometimes you really want to miss it because you're tired, right? But it's this weird, once you start studying the Bible, it's a weird animal. Yeah. It's just a weird thing. It's just, it that that's what I meant by different, right? Or that's what I meant by Bible college. But yeah. I love that you brought that up, right? That idea of, hey, I was doing a lot for the Lord, but how would you measure relationship at that time? Yeah. How and, would you measure? And that's like the questionable thing, right? Because the we, especially in someone in ministry, very often see to get that mindset of works. If, if you've kind of been walking in a relationship with God or if you're reading a Bible, you kind of maybe have heard the concept of faith and works. Yes. Um, but you can't have one without the other. And that faith being that most pivotal aspect. And very often, even in a Bible college, it's easy to start doing the works. Or even outside of a Bible college, it, maybe it's easy to go to a church. But that actual aspect of pursuing that your own faith, like you said, how do you measure your own relationship with God, your own act, the actual aspect of faith? Uh, is different. And so for me, I, I got really convicted of that in my Bible college years um, and realized that I've been kind of riding in on coattails of other people. I've been kind of riding the wave of looking like a pastor as opposed to being a pastor in daily life. Um, and so began actually just realizing what does it look like for me really to pursue God? And that was hard. Uh, me and my roommate uh, really would push accountability of, of, are we reading our Bibles? Are we setting devotional time? Are we praying together? Uh, we said we were going to start doing every single night. We're going to learn a different worship song and worship together. Never happened. Not even once. Yeah. Right. And so we, we try to set all these standards of, well, what does it look like to actually be growing in our faith, to actually be pursuing a relationship with God, um, copying kind of what we saw in the world around us or the things we were told to do. But as I was kind of getting on and pursuing this, and, and I very much was pursuing a relationship with God, it just very often felt idle, if that makes sense. Okay. And how, how do I actually pursue growth? For me, I started realizing that God gave me gifts. God gave me passions. God gave me skill sets. God, God gave me things that I, I dream for in the future. And he started re- helping me realize that he says, you growing with me is also me growing with you, us walking in these passions and these giftings. And I started realizing that a lot of the ways I was growing in my relationship with God was just by bringing him into the things I was already doing. Okay. And again, especially like saying in Bible college, the things I'm doing, I'm saying are for him, but God is saying, I just want to do them with you. Yeah. Like, right. I love that. Yeah. So it was that simple concept is even that, like just as a student at university of Regina, um, there's so much going on. There's endless activities and there's going to be a lot of voices in the world as well saying that God has no place somewhere. But the reality is that our God has a place everywhere because everywhere is his. And I I love the idea of whatever you are passionate about, whatever you are walking and whatever you are doing, how do you bring God into it? How do you just allow him to walk that journey with you? Well, and just because you're not pursuing, like, I think there is a stigma where a lot of people that grow up in the church, Mm -hmm. uh, think, oh, I have to go to Bible school for at least a year, right? I don't I don't agree, right? Yeah. I actually don't think studying the Bible and doing a theological process in that sense is for everyone. Mm-hmm. It's not. There's some people that can't handle it. There's some people that don't understand it. There's some people that are gifted in it, right? And But, like, I'm not gifted in uh, math <laughs> or, like, drafting or engineering or anything like that. So we need people to go out to do things – in these different fields that can do it. We need that. And I love that idea of bringing God with you while you're doing that. I think there's a lot of people that come to church on a Sunday morning and they feel like 
I'm not really like, am I doing what I'm supposed to do because I'm not dropping everything I'm doing now and going and following Jesus. Right. But you can follow Jesus as an engineer. Yeah, exactly. And you should. Right. And what does that look like? Right. What does that, and I love, I love that. I, I love what you said. And it ties into our last episode where we just talked about boiling it down to what does your personal relationship look like? Do you spend time with the Lord? Right. Do you sit and listen for him? Or do you give him five minutes a day, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I love that aspect of it. Now, uh, when you were a student, what did you do to stay focused? Uh, I know it's so hard as a student to, to stay focused. I know it's so hard to lose motivation, especially when you have to write a large paper or like start research and you don't know where to start. So what what were some of the things that you did, practically speaking, to help kickstart your motivation and to stay focused on what you needed to do? Uh, I mean, there's always a lot of little different things and a lot of that's going to be based on how you were raised, your own situation. Like, again, I'm, I'm competitive because I had a super smart brother and I wanted to be as good as him. I, I had high standards because I had parents who had high standards. But again, everyone's situation is different. So I think a lot of those are going to be skills that are, can be harder for others to learn. Uh, but I think there's other things that you can just set in stone as practices. And that was the case for me. Uh, so one was just taking the time to actually think about why am I here? Why do, why do I want to be here? I would often come across students who, when you really ask them, especially in a Bible college context where they're mm-hmm. going on to be in ministry, ask them that question about, so what do you want? Why are you here? What are you pursuing? Uh, and they wouldn't know. Uh, some would even question, uh, was I really even led here? And so uh, I'd say that's the biggest thing is as a student, whatever you're pursuing, whatever you're working on, first, like know why you're here. What what are you actually aiming for? Because when you actually have that goal in sight, it's a lot harder to slack off. It's a lot harder to accept a grade that's not up to your standards because you're going to recognize that the goal you set for yourself is not as achievable. Uh, so I think, yeah, being competitive against others is one thing, but being competitive against yourself, being competitive against, I like the, the thought that I can do better. I know yeah. I can do better than where I'm at. Um, did it, you find, did you find yourself comparing yourself to a lot of people? Like when you got, I know at summit, they post the marks, like the exam marks and stuff on those sheets or whatever. I don't know if they still do that, but yeah. Um, similar <laughs> stuff. I, yeah. Like, so did yeah. you see yourself comparing I yourself was, to people or since a young age, uh, I'm going to be completely honest. I was like <laughs> one of the most insecure people. Uh, yeah. And again, my brother was a genius who got like, like paid fully to go through college and is now uh, a doctor in physics. Wow. Right. Like so pretty fancy. <laughs> so I was like, okay, wow. That's like, amazing. I, yeah, I, got, I got big shoes to fill, but um, yeah. So I found myself competitive uh, and you can do that in an unhealthy way that pushes others down, or you can do that in a healthy way that does, just push yourself to strive. Uh, and I think you can be competitive oh. in a humble manner. And so for me, that was what I tried to work on very much. And it was a lot of time of prayer working on <laughs> finding humility in my competitiveness, but it, it did lead to like, yeah, when my name was on those lists, it was in the high marks. I was the valid Victorian of my graduating class in, in, yeah. in at some Pacific college. And, uh, you know, some of that's for grades, some of that's for other things, but all that was an encouragement for me to realize that I definitely didn't think I was smart, but I pushed myself. Yeah, you know, there's being naturally smart is not always actually the case. It's actually those who apply themselves. I think everyone can apply themselves and, and achieve whatever your goal is at the very. Well, end. and I think I think so often we compare people to like. For me, I am a very creative person, mm-hmm. and it is my dream, one of my dreams, to like write a novel and to like be creative and to just exercise those creative juices, mm-hmm. right? And I've actually have always put it off because I've just been like, oh, I just can't do it, right? Like, I can't write a good story. It's so hard. Like, I won't be able to find an editor. I won't be able to do this. And and I watched, uh, I watched the 
uh, Imagineering series on Disney Plus, right? And it, it's just the history of Walt Disney and like how he started the parks. And he just like started building them. Like mm-hmm. he just like invested a bunch of money and he took a huge financial risk and he just started building them. He found a piece of land to buy and he's like, I don't know if this is going to work. <laughs> But he just built them and he took it from there and he crossed the bridges when he needed to and mm-hmm. look what he built, right? I think a lot of the time we say, oh, I'm not going to be as successful in life because I don't know physics or I'm not a physics major or I'm not an engineer. I'm not going to be a millionaire or like even in the triple figure, you know, range. Mm-hmm. I think we need to stop doing that mm-hmm. because we need to find as a person and as an individual, you need to find out what you're good at. And hone in on that and understand, hey, this is a skill that I can actually mold and grow in and pursue. And I can be the smartest I can be in this specific skill rather than trying to compare myself to certain people that have done certain things. You know what I mean? I think pastors do it with the size of their churches. I think I think people, I think leaders do it with the size of their movements. I think, uh, and for me, I did it. And I didn't do something that I've always wanted to do because of it. And now I've started doing it, you know, and I have a publisher lined up and I'm in a year and a half, my goal is to have a book written. Right. So I think you just need to realize, like, you just need to like with motivation, understand that you need to be your biggest fan in a way, Mm -hmm. in a humble way. Right. But no, like Disney was crazy. People thought he was crazy and he thought he was crazy, but he loved the craziness. Right. Same with Steve jobs and Apple, same with Bill Gates and Microsoft. I think, if you understand that you're crazy and you're all in on it, I think we, I think you can do amazing things and it might not be millionaire things, <laughs> but I think it's like, you know, Oh, I can't be as good in the community as that person. Then you'll never do community things, right? You'll never, you'll never go outside your bubble and your box. So I like that you brought that up about your brother. And I like that you honed in on something very specific in your life. And Hey, like I can be really, I'm, I know a lot about the Bible. I love it. I'm passionate about it. I know a lot about ministry. I, I love it. I'm learning at it. And you're good at it, right? You're not a physics major. <laughs> Far from it. Right? And I can't even like, I'm in the, I, I was in the store this morning and I had to like buy a bunch of goodies for Coronation Park School. And I forgot my calculator in the van. And I was like, oh my goodness. Like I can't even do math, like basic math. It's awful. But I have a theology degree and I'm a valedictorian, right? So it's like... <laughs> It's just find what you're good at and motivate yourself in that way and understand you need to stop comparing yourself to people because you will achieve, it might not be as big as you maybe thought it was or want, but you will achieve stuff that is great in your life if you focus on what you're good at and hone that. Well, very often I find our issue is that when we look at someone else in a competitive way, that's a jealousy rather than a spur for growth. Uh, we look at it as well. If I try to copy that and I don't succeed what they where they succeeded, oh, yeah. then that makes yeah. makes it a failure. But the reality is, you might not succeed where they succeeded. What you did though was something more than what you've done before. You you've still learned something. You've therefore achieved something. And I think that's often the the thing I would push: try things. You'll yeah. at least grow, even if you don't achieve your your ultimate succeed goal. in that area. Yeah. But as as long as you push yourself and try it, yeah, and but things take time, right? And there's no, there is no secret sauce. Like I said that yesterday in the, yeah. in our first episode, like there's, I think people think that there is a secret knowledge or this like weird thing you have to attain when it comes to your personal faith and your personal walk. And, and even in your practical life, like there isn't like, mm-hmm. it's not a lot of it isn't like people even asking me, how do you know, how did you know that you're going to marry your wife? Because she loved me. Yeah. <laughs> like she had my back. 
that it's simple. Like it, it might not feel simple at the time, but I think we need to understand that there is no secret sauce. And for me, that's what I needed. Someone I could trust, someone that watched my back for me and was behind me. And I found that person, right? So I think we need to understand that too. Like there is no one, two, three, four. That's why today it isn't like five steps to organize your week, right? Because you have to find what works for you. Uh, but I think a lot of it boils down to motivation and making time to plan your week, right? And I think you nailed that. So I, uh, I wanted to bring up, uh, we're going to now talk about resources and practical ways that we can organize our weeks. We kind of talked about the mentality, the philosophy behind it, why it's important. Uh, because, you know, I personally think it's important to organize our week. Uh, let's actually hone in on that anxiety portion before we get into our resources, because I do believe anxiety has risen in our culture because we have become so disorganized. I really do. Like, I think that when you look at consumerism, you look at the amount of things that people buy, like Canada is going into credit debt, like every year it's rising and rising. And I think people are becoming less disciplined with their money. They're becoming less disciplined with their time and they're becoming overwhelmed because the discipline isn't there and the time isn't being taken to kind of be good stewards of that stuff. So uh, what I like, what I tell a lot of people is, um, and I think Ben Shapiro said it, and I think another person, uh, actually Ken Shigematsu from this book, uh, God and My Everything says it too. He actually says, uh, when you feel like you're too busy, it's because you're not organizing your week properly. And so that's kind of the whole theme of this episode. And uh, if you're a student here listening today, I know there's a lot of things in your life. I know that, you know, you might be a full-time student, you might not work, you might work as well. I mean, I worked two jobs while I was in school, while being married, and we paid for my way through school. So it can be done. And it just takes a lot of organizing, it takes a lot of time, and it takes a lot of effort, right? And so I think, uh, you know, if you're a student today listening, I want to encourage you and say that this might be the last time in your life where you don't have to balance anything. Because one day you might get married or you might travel or you might, you probably will have a job. Then you're going to have to balance your books. You're going to have to balance your job time. You're going to have to balance your friend time or your spouse time or your kid time. And you're going to have to balance at least two things, right? So today I want to just talk about what are some tools that we can use in order to do that. And I also wanted to ask Jacob, do you agree with me when it comes to the anxiety issue? How do you see the anxiety issue? And what are some things we can do to become less anxious in our life. I think you're definitely right. Like even coming into winter and exam seasons, we, we just see the, the difficulties of anxiety and even depression that, that comes with that. Yes. Uh, specifically in student life in this age group. And that's like heartbreaking like to start with. But, but beyond that, also just the fact, like you said, with, with school, all the way from elementary, all the way up to college and university, you're seeing probably the most structured aspect of your life in some ways as opposed to coming to a work world. And like I said, especially ministry where there's this a new flexibility, a very different kind of structure to learn. Uh, it's really therefore important in that time while, while you're blessed with the structure of school as jail-like as it might seem at times, <laughs> like understand the beauty of what that's doing for you with that structure and that comfort and a bit of a bubble that hopefully you can have at times to begin learning new things, to begin growing, to begin organizing your life and preparing for what's Ahead, I think that's the most important thing in education that can be done is that we're actually preparing students for what's ahead, both young and old. Um, 
and you kind of mentioned, you, you talked about being a good steward. That's really what it is. That that time, I know we watched movies growing up where, you know, the people grow up in college and university, it's all about the party and that's your time to be free and have your time. <laughs> like it's, that's wrong. Like it's so wrong. Like it's really, it's your time to be preparing yourself yeah. because there's beautiful, greater things ahead. Like you said, you're married and have a child. Like, yeah. like how beautiful and amazing is that? Uh, in the same way, like, are we preparing our, for ourselves for a, a beautiful life that God has in store for us in the future? So being good stewards. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I think that that, that that takes setting things into practice, that, that takes us being wise with, with our time, wise with, with the way that we're doing things, actually setting in good habits and, and good yes. structures and good people. I love that word, habits. Yeah. I love it, right? It's what are your habits? What are you eating, right? Mm-hmm. Are you eating fast food all the time? Are you making time to, like, are you taking care of your body? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, what do you do when you first wake up in the morning? You know, I want you to start asking yourself, if you're listening today, ask yourself those questions. Like, what what, what are your habits, right? I mean, are you, what are you doing in the afternoons? When are you studying? Are you studying late at night? Are you, like, what is what are you doing to foster good habits versus poor habits? And, th- like, that's the idea of, like, with habits, beautiful word to go with that healthy is it a healthy habit because we can yeah. set endless habits in our life but are, are we finding that they're pushing us forward to what we want to be yeah. really healthy uh, um so uh, dating a gal from here named sandy and she's phenomenal she teaches me every single day uh and she obviously brings me closer to christ because of the way she reflects healthy habits in her life in various ways and one thing that her and i have in common is this this structuring and cleaning and uh, kind of some almost ocd kind of characteristics with some <laughs> of the ways we act with things um, but she, we were chatting the other day and she brought up, she said, uh, she was sorry, you know, there's laundry on the floor kind of situation, which is not a big deal. Um, but she brings up like, oh, like that, that's kind of a reflection of my life. When the floor is dirty, when the room is unclean, when the bed's not made, that's a reflection of my actual life, how I'm feeling, how chaotic work is and school is and okay. life is. Um, and I kind of started realizing, can you flip that over? If you clean your room, will you see your life start getting cleaned up? And so I started learning those habits of, okay. I can sleep in two extra minutes or get up two minutes earlier just to make my bed. Absolutely. And just those little things. Yeah. And I, many of you might've seen is there's a viral video at one point where uh, a soldier was giving uh, a speech at a school and he was talking about uh, making the bed, which is very, a, a common thing that you might see in like cadets or this army yes. and different things like that, that, that making the bed and they seem so rigid and almost rude about it. But realistically they're teaching this quality of that, that structured life, that healthy habit, because I found, and I do this now, it's no longer a difficult routine. It's no longer difficult. It, it is actually just a habit that every morning I make my bed. I make yep. it exactly the same way. And that simple little thing, I feel so much more at peace and structured. And I start to see uh, that that's not written anywhere, but it's the first check mark on my list that I was talking about. Yeah. The first check mark is I got up at the right time. I, yeah. I made my bed. I went to the bathroom and actually brushed my teeth this morning, like whatever yeah. it might be. And those little healthy habits is us just being good good stewards of the life God has given us. And we will see that. Well, it gives you, it gives you like mine. Mine is, I mean, I don't spend a lot of time in my room, but Mm -hmm. I try to like make the bed look pretty. Mm -hmm. Heidi loves making the bed, but I, my, mine is the dishes, right? Cause we we don't have a dishwasher and I try to do them every day. I try to do the dishes and cause Heidi doesn't like doing them. Right. But that's my thing that I always do. I do it on my day off. I do it every day. Right. But it gives, it almost gives you little victories, right? Exactly. It almost gives you like, oh, okay, I did something today, right? It's the first, like, first thing you do, you get out of bed is you achieve something, mm-hmm. right? It might be something you always do, 
but it gives you those little victories. And mentally, it's actually really good for your mental health. It's actually, it actually propels you, right? And it actually will give you more motivation. It's because when you get into lazy habits, it's almost like a vicious vortex, right? You just kind of get one thing adds up on another and it's like, I'm too lazy to make food. So I'll just go buy food and then you get unhealthy. And it's like, you know what I mean? It just builds on itself and breaking that cycle is really important. So, and you'll get into a habit really of looking at those negatives. Yeah. You get into the habit of, or or not looking at them and understanding them like, or like under, like being alert to them, like knowing when you have them right in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Like recognizing almost getting triggered by them. Right. Like, Oh, that's, I shouldn't do that because that's not good for me, right? Exactly. Allow yeah. them to be moments of growth rather than ending your day, yes. getting to the messy house, the messy room, and just seeing all the things you didn't do and the big picture of all the stuff that's coming down the line uh, and allowing yourself to be deflated by it. Instead, just see, oh, these are things I can do better next time. And, and so the next day when you're exhausted at the end of your day and you're crawling into a bed that's been made and clean, instead of thinking on all the things <laughs> that you missed and you're like, I'm a huge failure instead. And that helped look at that check mark and be like, Oh wow. Wait, what are, yeah. what are all the other check marks on my day? What are all the other, like, and that helps you victories, a huge help that helps to you. Me. That feeling so, of, wow, I didn't ruin my day. <laughs> so the, before we get into the reason, sorry, this is kind of, we didn't really discuss this, but I like where this conversation is going. Mm-hmm. Uh, jumping off of that. It's like, what do you think when it comes to failure? So I think a lot of that, a lot of that busyness and anxiety comes from the pressure of not wanting to fail, mm-hmm. right? Like even with you and your brother, it's like, oh man, like now my brother's got this doctor, like he's got, does he have a degree or master's? Like what does he have? Oh, like everything. Everything. He's got like a doctrine <laughs> in physics and yeah. you're like, what am I going to bring to this family? <laughs> right. Exactly. It's like, Oh my God. I don't have that problem because I'm the oldest. Right. So it's like, I'm kind of setting that. I mean, I'm not setting a huge bar, but my brother wants to be like a surgeon and stuff. And he's like really good at school. So he probably will be so, but at the same time, it's, it's like you get so afraid to fail your family and you're so afraid to fail in general. I think it causes us crazy anxiety. Right. So what do you think about failure? Is failure actually a good thing in our lives? Honestly, yeah, I, I think without actually like faltering and failing, uh, one, we don't we don't learn our, our limits in certain areas. We don't maybe learn the direction we should be leaning towards. Like you said, you can be jealous of something someone else is doing, but maybe you're the best at something else. And that's the path you're meant to go down. And that's what you're supposed to build your strengths on. So I think there's a lot of pros to failure. I think they also humble us because by nature, if we don't have the place to be humble, we we honestly, we walk into a lot of pride, which is just a, yeah. yet another unhealthy habit that we structure into our lives. At the same time, uh, though I say that there's like good things to our concept of failure, I also think we're sometimes improper in our understanding and our, and our concept of the word failure. Uh, we use it as uh, this image of, oh, I didn't succeed the way I wanted to. This didn't go as good as someone else, or this isn't up to someone's standards. When in reality, we tried something new. We pushed as hard as we can. And if we didn't, at least are we realizing that by not meeting the standard we wanted, that we can push harder next time? Like all of these are not failures. These are all successes, small yeah. victories, like you said. Uh, for me to fail at uh, whatever, building a cabinet, I think you mentioned earlier, if I build a cabinet, yeah. it's not going to be good because it'll be my first time building a cabinet. <laughs> but either way, I'm going to walk away from that saying, I just built a cabinet. And also now I know that I should measure twice before I yeah. cut. And I should, I'll learn all these little things. And so rather than walking away from being like, oh, wow, this is a huge failure, I'm always going to look that as a 
as a memory, right? As, as this Ebenezer, this reminder of, oh, I can try something and I can do better. Uh, and, and even again with that, like setting it as a reminder of also an opportunity to bring God into things. Because very yeah. often when we fail, when I, when I find the most important things that I would actually classify as failures in my life are those things I walked into without God walking with me. And I'm not saying um, he's going to show up and he's like, okay, let's varnish this cabinet really, really well. But no, he's going he's to come He won't do it and, for you, but you still yeah. have to do it and learn it. But, yeah. but in so many areas of life, the, the truly important things, uh, you'll find that strength come from him. you also just yeah. find that wisdom when you feel like a failure, that wise voice that comes in and communicates the places where you are actually finding victory through his strength. And uh, I think it's so important not to just so be absorbed by this concept of failure and I need to do really well and realize that once again, this is us walking away from humility and instead just see, yes. I didn't do perfect, but I've done better than I I've done in the past. I I'm achieved gonna, it. Yeah. Or I, I did something. It's I tried a, at the very least. It's why a good story needs a good editor. Like a good yeah. excellent story needs an editor. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's the idea of if you don't write anything, you're going to have nothing, but at least you wrote something like the, I have four chapters written in my book. They're terrible. Right. That's why I'm going to, that's why I'm hiring an editor. Right. Mm -hmm. And a proofreader and mm -hmm. going to hone it. Right. I mean, but if I didn't write them, I wouldn't have, I would have nothing. Right. So I think it's that, I think failure is actually a part of life. I actually think it's a God given a part of life. I think it's something that God has turned. It's something that we have achieved as humans, but it's something that God has turned into a lesson and a learning opportunity instead of like a flat out, I'm not going to do this anymore. Right. And you might not, you might fail at something and might realize this thing is not for me and you might find something that is more for you. Right. So I think, and without failure, we wouldn't have that in our, we wouldn't have those moments in our life. So, so what we're saying is it's okay to fail. <laughs> yep. If you fail an exam, if you fail, if you get a bad mark, it's okay. Right. And when you're in those moments, don't isolate yourselves, find someone that loves you and find people to stand around you. And God is one of those people, right? And that will give you peace and it'll, you'll, you will get to breathe <laughs> mm -hmm. and you'll realize that it's going to be okay. Right. We'll get through this. It's not the way I planned it, but it's okay. So now I wanted to, uh, the book I'm highlighting today, cause I love reading books. A lot of the resources that I use that I learned from are from is from reading. Right. But a lot of us aren't student minded that way. I think a lot of the student, a lot of people listening today, go to class and then go to school, but you might not love reading. I know a lot of students that hate reading, right? So it's, but if you wanted this resource, it's a great, easy read. And uh, Ken Shigematsu wrote it. It's called God and My Everything. And the one thing I want to highlight from the book, like what he does is he goes away to a monastery for a couple months, I think it's six months, and he comes back and he writes this whole book based on how do we bring the monastic lifestyle into the Western culture to ease our anxiety and to give us a rhythm in life that is truly of God, right? How do we fit God into our busy life? That's the premise of the book. And he has the, the greatest thing in the book, I think, is he talks about having a rule, right? And he says, we need to have truth in our life. We need to have a rule in our life. And that's what we need to center our life around. But we need to have a rule that also bends. Now, what he means a lot of us would hear that and be like, oh, that sounds really postmodern. It sounds kind of flaky. But what he's actually talking about there is he's actually saying that rule in your life must be a goal. It must be something you want to achieve, but it must be flexible or malleable or you must be realistic about it is what he's talking about, right? Because I think as so often in our life, 
we create these rules. I want 95% on this exam. I want this. I want this. I want this type of person and I'm going to marry that person, right? Those people, 90% of the time, don't get married, right? So it's like, now I'm not saying everyone's going to get married. I'm just using it as an example that if you're too picky, <laughs> you're not going to find someone that is good enough for you. It's a pride thing, right? So if you have a rule that is able to bend and to be malleable, I love, that's my favorite part of the book. Because now we're going to talk about different tools you can use. And Jacob has a whole list and he's going to show us. And if you don't like the tools he shows you today, that's okay, right? But how can you work them into your lifestyle or how can you use the idea of that tool to use in another in another way in your life, right? Don't just listen to this list and be like, bah, that's not for me. Because I think we need to understand that our rule needs to bend and we need to be flexible and teachable. And that's what Ken is talking about with that rule bending. Are you teachable, right? So that's going to take us right into our resources. So what are things that help you on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, Jacob, that helps you and, and what do the tools look like and where can you find them? Mm -hmm. Well, like you said, I, like I also just love uh, books, podcasts, uh, talks from other people, just uh, hearing even just people say, here's a five-step program to better your life, all those kind of things. Those are all actually really good. Uh, and there's endless amounts of things. Just go search for them, go use them, all that kind of stuff. I would highly encourage that. Uh, but again, just in my experience, especially as a student, they're, they're endlessly giving you books and they all seem to cost over a hundred something dollars. Yes. But, and you show you're just so tired of books and you feel like you're always reading. They can only go so far. Yeah. yeah. So, so there's definitely a point where I think you should definitely work towards that. But I would just give a couple of uh, things that you can set into stone now. That, that there's really no excuse to start applying these into your life just to create structure for yourself, for your, for your physical health, for your mental health, for your spiritual life as you walk with God. Um, and, and for me, those little things even start as simple as everybody has a phone and those phones have apps. And if you have a problem in your life, it might sound crazy, but you can pretty much Google search it and you'll find an app for it. It's crazy. Yeah. So uh, even just starting with, are you actually placing the things that are like, like I said, making a list, are you putting those structures, those things into your calendar? Are, are you actually setting alarms? I structured working with uh, some some people who who didn't seem to get into that habit and they missed every single staff meeting we had because they wouldn't think to set an alarm and we'd remind them every week and they wouldn't. It's such a simple little thing. And as an adult, you think we would know how to do that. So I'd encourage I'd encourage <laughs> you guys with that is would you use your calendar apps? Would you use your and he's, uh, he's talking about me. So, you know. <laughs> no, no, no. Apple's been awesome. I love it. So, but uh, yeah, apps <laughs> like that. Like we actually, Jordan and I have been bonding a lot uh, over. We're getting into technology and trying to learn how to use it better. I'm um, learning from him, and, and vice versa. <laughs> and uh, you know, using things about how do we how do we sync all of our programs together and all this kind of stuff. And again, there's just apps to structure things, and yeah. we can make our life so complicated by doing it, or we can actually look up what's available and recognize that there's things to simplify our life. So, like, so do you have? Just give me your list. Do you have a list of apps that you love? Well, like currently, again, so more in my ministry context, we, uh, we've we been bonding over something called Buffer that syncs yeah. our social medias together. So rather than having to spend time making posts and communications for each individual site, website, Facebook, Instagram, whatever we use, uh, instead it just syncs it all together. So it's all done in one setting and, and I can I can set things just like a calendar into the future. And it's kind of cool because even this with this podcast, Jordan's actually been pretty excited because once again, it's going through a program that syncs everything together and it's yeah. simplifying our lives by these programs that are made available and very often and free. I, and I Googled it. And yeah. so like what this podcast says, it actually creates the RSS feed 
for everything for iTunes, Spotify. I have to wait, right? I'm waiting right now for approval. But like yesterday, I recorded the episode and it just notified me. It's like, hey, your podcast is on Spotify. Here's the link. It's like, I didn't even have to learn how to do RSS because I have no idea how to do RSS. But so even in that aspect, like there's so many tools out there and anchor is what we use for podcasts. And so buffer and I'm learning buffer right now. I'm going to use it in January, but you can spend a day doing all your social media, social media stuff for the, for the month yeah. and you're done and then automate it for you. It's amazing. Post so it for you, yeah. even while you're asleep, you know, I yeah. kind of think it's great. So, so that one's buffer. It's like buffer. And, and, and again, like using your calendar app, using your, your alarm clocks and all that kind of stuff, but also just recognizing the majority of your apps will actually there's always that pop-up that says, can it alert you? Can it set notifications? And yeah. we always ignore it. We don't want that. At least I, I find I do. I started realizing for a lot of apps how important that is. And so again, if, you, if you're struggling with reminders, you, like we have apps that set reminders for us. If yeah. you uh, are struggling with working out, there's apps that actually have pre-made workouts. Like yeah. I will not work out unless someone is coaching me. How. They literally show you how to work out. They show, show you, you how, how to lift. Do it. How it, to, yeah. yeah it'll, it'll, it'll notify you when it's like, Hey, you have like my fitness out. pal is one of those. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I exactly. use. yeah. My fitness pal. And yeah. you can even track what you eat. There's uh, yeah, I think on my fitness pal, you can also track what you eat and then yeah. they can like do your caloric intake and your fat intake and all that. So, so again, all these little areas that we always say we don't have time for, or I forgot again, these make them quick and easy. They don't take a lot of time too. They remind you. And for the most important thing, again, we, we talked about your, your, your structured life, your physical life, yeah. and most importantly, your spiritual life. Um, and I, I do this with our students all the time who forget their Bible when they're coming yeah. to Bible study, something like that. We say, well, you're on your phone anyways. How about you? open there's a free bible app that costs nothing and it's actually yeah. extremely well made and the greatest thing is again if you struggle with spending time with god and, and reading that word uh there's actually again it can notify you where it'll give you a passage every single day or actual reading plans yeah. as well that again will notify you hey it's time to do the next chapter like you can do plan. you version you can do yeah. uh i have like two bible apps like you version is the one where you can do the bible plan and it yeah. notifies you and it's free mm -hmm. absolutely free to use and then you can add friends to it and you can see what your friends are reading it's awesome. It's like Facebook for Bible. It really is. <laughs> right? And it's, I love that app. Uh, I would also recommend too, getting off your phone if you can. So like, I one, agree. <laughs> so, but, but like, I'm not a dinosaur, like get with me here um, or stay with me. I, I bought a Kindle and I love it. Mm -hmm. I love reading on my Kindle. It feels like a book because of the e-ink uh, technology and mine, I have the new one that has a backlight on it so you can read without lights on. And I love having a dedicated device for just my books. Mm -hmm. It's not an iPad. It doesn't have multiple millions of things I could do on it. I don't get distracted. So when I'm going back to the university in the new year, I put all my textbooks on it. And it's like my textbook that weighs a couple of grams. It's so super light, right? But it's on a phone, right? So I have my Bible on there. I can like highlight stuff. It saves all my highlighted passages into one little bank, which my iPad sometimes doesn't do properly right so it's uh like i love it because it's a dedicated book device there's nothing else on it right so try to find you know like i would recommend getting a kindle especially for a student you can get your textbooks on there you can get pdfs on there and it's smaller than a phone or a tablet or smaller than a tablet and so try to find and for me that works because I get distracted really easily by Facebook and just pop it on Safari and see what the news is, right? So Kindle doesn't have Safari. <laughs> well, that's that's yeah. the big thing too, right? Like as much as I'm saying we have these great free resources, why would yeah. we not utilize them? We also have access to a lot of very, honestly, 
painful resources that we shouldn't <laughs> have access to uh, and in, in every sense of that phrase. Yeah. Uh, and I'd say even just to start by limiting, like, like again, Instagram, Facebook, all that kind of stuff, it's great that you have them. But if you're really trying to honestly structure your life and you know those time slots where you need to be working, like I said, know yeah. your week. In the same way, go into your phone, open up that app in the settings, things like that. And you can actually set limitations where that app will be disabled, unusable. Yeah, you can do the, times you can change the accessibility. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So again, like, That's yeah, I love that there's technology made available for us, but also encourage, yeah, remove those distractions. Kindle's an yeah. amazing way to do that, to have your resources while removing the ones that are going to be time killers. And students, people. use your calendars on your phones. Yeah. I sync my calendar up with my wife's and I, I need to start using it more, but she puts all of her appointments in there and it's awesome. Because they know I I can see what she's planned right, and it's just like especially if you're dating someone or gonna get married or married already, like use it's a free app and it's awesome, right? So use your calendar. Even just like you made that comment, and this would be my last resource. Okay. Um, you made the comment about doing like with your wife, knowing what you're doing together, structuring your lives together. I'd say the best resource you have for anything is the people around you. Yeah, uh, by far. Uh, so for you, like being married. Uh, big help to structure your life and to sync your life together. But in the same way, you don't have to be married. You can be anywhere. One of the biggest things we had pushed on us while we were in, uh, while I was at college was to have an accountability partner, one to actually have a mentor, to have a, an adult older than you, specifically someone who's gifted in the same field as you, someone who's done what you've done, who's done the schooling you've done, all that kind of stuff, maybe been through the same struggles you've been through that can help you and mentor you through it, help you structure your life. But one of the most important aspects of that in this concept, as we're talking about organizing, um, is actually having someone not just who's a mentor, but is accountability for you. Someone who you can go to and say, here's where I want to grow in. Here's where I'm struggling. Here's where I'm wasting time. Uh, here's my goals for my life. We're coming up on New Year's. Like People are setting resolutions, which if you're anything like me, last maybe three days and then out the window. And so the crazy cool thing with accountability is you come forward with that resolution, you give it to them. And those three days later, when you are about to, I'm no longer going to work out, I'm going to quit eating healthy, I, I don't want my resolutions anymore, that accountability partner is going to call you up and say, hey, no, you said you're going to do this, I'm going to hold you to it. They're going to they're gonna help you maintain the organization of your life when you just feel like you're failing and you want to let it slide. They're going to hold you to a structure. And at times, yeah, it might hurt, at times it might be hard, but that's just part of being an adult, that's part of growing up, and the fact is that they're them being there is going to save you from wasted time and and try to have that person outside of like the person you're dating or because yes because yeah. for me like i i yeah i'm not going to get too much into it because i don't want to get too personal but I, I i recently lost someone who was that in my life and when i was going through the hardest times especially being at like it wasn't a, hasn't been easy the last couple of years and i had a night where i just like went off the rails and i i was like losing my mind right i was freaking out and heidi like called this person and it was my dad so called my dad and she's like i don't know what to do jordan's in the bathroom he's freaking out like he's just yelling and screaming and like i don't know what to do he's having a nervous breakdown and that person and heidi couldn't calm me down you know my dad was the one because he had been mentoring me he'd been he'd been with me he's the one that calmed me down and he's like jordan i've been where you're at right i've been you know so Find someone that has walked your path, like you said, and make sure it's outside of someone you're dating or someone that you are married to or that, you know, make sure it's someone other than that. And I, I always like to say have someone be the same gender, right? So if you're a girl, try to find a lady that's above you in that way that you look up to. Uh, I think it's really important.
Okay, so we're going to quickly conclude here, and I want to wrap everything up with a bow, if we can, with uh, Pastor Jacob here. So I just want to highlight the three points that he made in his talk today. Uh, the first one was make a list, right? Make a list of the things you want to do on your day off, of the things you want to do during your work week or your school week, and that way you can progress, make progress, and you can see where you've gone and to see what you've done and to make sure you do everything you need to do. So the first one, make a list. The second one was create your boundaries. So take a day off, especially if things are, even if you feel like things are crashing around you, you still need a day off. So take one or two days to do nothing, to relax, to do what fills you up, right? To do what you need, uh, spend time with God, take, take care of yourself spiritually, practically, emotionally, all that stuff. And make sure your work stuff does not interfere with that. So take a day off and create boundaries around that. And if you have to throw your phone away or put it away somewhere, lock it up on those days, then do it, right? Uh, the third point was create small victories for you to achieve every day. So make your bed in the morning. Like for me, I do the dishes every day. Like pick something that you have to do, even if it's one thing that you do every day that will give you that achievement and that small victory. And you can use that to motivate yourself to do other things. Uh, and even on my days off, I try to do a couple of things chores wise, right? Because otherwise I feel like a bum. So it's a good thing to do to have those small victories during your day, even especially your days off. So number one, uh, make a list. Number two, create boundaries, take a day off. Number three is uh, the small victories, achieve them every single day. So Jacob, I just wanted to end with you. Just if you wanted to add one last thing, uh, what would it be and how can you make your busy life less busy and what do you want to end us end with? I think it's just uh, that last resource I mentioned, but don't do anything alone. Just like the importance of people, specifically healthy people in your life. Uh, not being afraid to ask for help. One of the biggest things that left me unstructured, the biggest reason I worked so much and was told to slow down was because I wasn't making space for other people in my life. I was unwilling to lean on other people. And the way God designed us was to be in community. He designed us to lean on others. He designed us to lean on him. Uh, to give, be in humble stature and to actually need others in our lives to help us with that structuring, both physically uh, and spiritually. And, and so I would just, I'd want to connect with the, the listeners to this podcast. I, I would like to connect with you at universities and you wherever you are at in Regina, that, that you would feel welcome into the communities that are made available for young adults like yourself. Um, but again, I, I just moved here recently to work with youth <laughs> and young adults. So with Avonhurst Pentecostal Assembly, we do have a young adults group. We're starting up uh, regular times of socials and meals, uh, small groups, even Bible studies. So those things that maybe you're trying to make time for in your life, maybe this is the place for you to do that. And on top of that, there, there's plenty of churches and groups and healthy places to be around the city. I encourage you not to just be uh, located just at, at a university or just at home, but that you would recognize yeah. the, the wide breadth of things available to you. So I'm just going to give you time to give your plugs. So where can we find your information? Where, where can we find uh, the Young and Old Group from Avonhurst? Give us some plugs. Well, you can see our website, avonhurst.org, I believe it is. Uh, and you can kind of see our, our kids men, our youth men, our, our young adults ministry, everything like that. And you can find us on Facebook and Instagram as well. We are the collective uh, YQR, so the collective young adults group, um, kind of rebooting ourselves as we head on into this new year with some new activities. Um, and yeah, again, you can find most of our information there, but you can also contact me directly at jacobmiller.sk at gmail.com. And I'll get back to you right away with basically any answers you're looking for. 
and uh, and like I like Jacob said, it's important to get a get to get attached to a community, and we are building a Christian community on campus. That's our goal, and we want to be open to everyone. We're not just for Christians; we're for everyone, and we're called Enrich U of R. And you can find our website at www.enrichu.ca. And on that website, you can find our email and uh, you can just click on email, click on connect right on that website and you can email us. You can email questions for the podcast for future episodes. You can see what we're going to be doing in the future as well for calendar. Uh, but we want to build a virtual movement so that we can start doing live events in February and we can just build a community this way as well. And that way too, it gives you... Uh, you don't have to commit to another night, right? You can just listen to our podcast and get connected that way. So you can connect on our website, enrichu.ca. You can also connect with us on Instagram at, uh, in, at enrichuofr. It's easy as that. It's a yellow leaf. That's all you got to look for. And our podcast is called Enrich Life. So you can find all that on our website. Find us on Instagram. Shoot us a message. Uh, if you want to shoot me a message, Jordan Clark directly, because I do run Red Frogs on campus which is, you know, we're in the bars taking care of people while they drink and they party. So if you want to be a common part of that, you can email me at jordan.clark at redfrogs.com. And we can chat about that. Or if you just want to connect with someone that is here for you on campus, I'm willing to do that. And if you don't like me, I know some people too <laughs> that can connect with you and we have a lot of resources. So we just want to make sure your life on campus is easier than harder. And we want to give you these tools so you can enrich your life. So Jacob, thank you for joining us today. I think he might, I'm trying to convince him to be on for more episodes in the future because he has a lot of good things to say. Uh, but thank you for listening to Enrich Life today. And I hope you have a good day and have a good day, Jacob. See you around. <laughs>